This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor unveils his new budget. It adds up to more than $96 billion and would be an all-time high. The Florida leads fiscal year 2021-2022 budget exemplifies Florida's strength and our continued resolve in weathering this storm. Despite the economic turmoil created by the COVID crisis, Ron DeSantis wants to increase spending for schools and clean water. Three Democrats who serve on Florida's congressional delegation are blasting the gov over his management of the COVID vaccination program. DeSantis is creating basically a vaccine dartboard that is hit or miss for people desperately searching for a vaccine appointment. Again, there's no strategic plan to point to that shows that this is part of a smart, calculated, long-term solution, or if DeSantis is just making this all up as he goes along. But the guy in charge of distributing vaccine in Florida says the real problem is the lack of meds from the feds. There's no magic bullet. Supply is the answer. And we are doing everything we can at the division to get vaccine to the people that need it most. Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz briefed state lawmakers while accompanied by COBRA, the COVID-sniffing dog. A Florida congressman whose district includes Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School is calling for the expulsion of Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, who retweeted claims that the Parkland massacre was staged. Ted Deutsch describes her as... A QAnon-supporting, conspiracy-theory-advancing person who personally attacked the survivors of the Stoneman Douglas shooting. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and then close the show with a story of a Florida man who fired at a rival almost 100 times and hit his target once in the butt. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, January 29th. William Shakespeare's play Romeo and Juliet was first performed on this date in 1595. The USS Missouri was launched on this day in 1944. It was the last battleship commissioned by the U.S. Navy and is remembered as the site where Japanese diplomats signed the formal surrender documents that ended World War II. This is also National Puzzle Day and National Have Fun at Work Day. Florida's death toll from COVID-19 reached 26,456 Thursday as the state health department reported 207 additional fatalities and more than 11,000 new infections. More than 1,687,000 cases have now been confirmed in Florida, including the Democratic leader of the Florida Senate. Gary Farmer says he's quarantining at home in Lighthouse Point now, but is not suffering from any symptoms. Florida's vaccination program has been underway for more than a month, and the reviews have been, shall we say, mixed. The governor will tell you we're doing a better job than most other states, but Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says Floridians are frustrated by the lack of vaccines, the lack of transparency, and the simple difficulty of signing up for a shot. There is a lot of frustration and anxiety about obtaining a vaccine for COVID-19 in Florida. The governor's response has been both inadequate and shrouded in a needless lack of transparency. For nearly a year, DeSantis knew that this crucial moment was coming. It's not like we didn't know that we had to prepare to vaccinate everyone in our state. But his initial launch has been marked by widespread chaos, confusion, and frustration. I will tell you, I volunteered to help with distribution at several vaccine sites. And even in the most efficient of distribution processes, there are seniors that are excruciatingly frustrated. We knew that shortages could be the case given the national and global demand for vaccines. But our older residents and and frontline workers need some idea as to when, where, and how they can get a shot, and it needs to be seamless for their second dose. So far, 
DeSantis is incapable of putting such a system together or unwilling, which would be worse, despite all the time that he's had at his disposal and the resources and experts that are available to him. And now he seems to be headed toward privatizing vaccine distribution at public grocery stores and is scaling back hospital and medical center distributions. Publix should be a supplement, not a replacement, especially when we have medical centers that can administer hundreds and even thousands of doses per day, and Publix is doing around 100 per location. DeSantis is creating basically a vaccine dartboard that is hit or miss for people desperately searching for a vaccine appointment. Again, there's no strategic plan to point to that shows that this is part of a smart, calculated, long-term solution, or if DeSantis is just making this all up as he goes along. Congresswoman Lois Frankel of Palm Beach County says the governor oversells the vaccine program and then disappoints people when they try to sign up. She also has a problem with his decision to outsource the entire vaccination program to Publix in her county. They are frightened. They are frustrated. They've been in a frenzy or having their children uh, going from portal to portal looking for a source of the vaccine. And this has been exacerbated by the governor's what I call his, his publicity stunts or hits. He goes from county to county and he brags about distributing the vaccines when he really needs to be saying, everybody be patient, be patient, be patient, wear your mask and social distance. And now the governor has put a supermarket chain in charge of who gets the vaccines in Palm Beach County. Really? It's okay for Publix to be a partner. I don't have that problem. Uh, but to have all Moderna vaccines going to Publix here in this county defies logic. You know, getting a chicken with your vaccine may work for some, but the policy turns the back on people who can't use computers, don't drive, and live in what we call public deserts, uh, mostly communities of color in underserved areas, uh, minority groups who are already underserved in the vaccine distribution. But the Florida man who tries to keep track of the vaccination program says the governor is not the problem. It's the lack of supply from the feds and the drug companies. Division of Emergency Management Director Jared Moskowitz told members of the Senate Select Committee on Pandemic Preparedness that they could do a lot better if they simply had more vaccine. Florida has done more shots per 100,000 than any of the four most populous states. What does that mean? That means adjusted for population, we are number one in the country in first shots, and we have done more total shots than 48 other states. Look, there's no magic bullet. Supply is the answer. I am talking to FEMA almost every day about federal vaccine sites. FEMA is still working on those plans, and nothing is ready to go. But let me be clear, if the federal government, like they did with testing, if they come to the plate and say, we'd like to open up a federal site with new vaccine, of course we will take the federal government's help because that will benefit Floridians. Look, the new administration has inherited a mess. The new CDC director in the Biden administration said earlier this week, I want to quote her directly, one of the biggest challenges right now is I can't tell you how much vaccine we have. And if I can't tell you how much vaccine, then I can't tell it to governors. And if I can't tell it to governors, I also can't tell it to state health officers. And if they don't know how much vaccine they're getting, not just for this week, but next week, they can't plan. 
They can't figure out how many sites to roll out. They can't figure out how many vaccinators that they need. And they can't figure out how many appointments to make for the public. If a state overestimates the incoming vaccine supply, the result is long lines and canceled appointments. If it underestimates how much vaccine it will receive, that could lead to unused doses sitting on the shelf. Either way, we have challenges. I know we all want to get to the end of this nightmare as fast as possible. But people are still getting sick, and people are still going to die. People are still going to have to wear masks. They're going to need to social distance. They're going to need to do necessary mitigation measures for the foreseeable future. And we are doing everything we can at the division to get vaccine to the people that need it most. Dr. Fauci said it would take a year to vaccinate the country. I pray it doesn't take that long. Moskowitz was not alone when he testified before the panel. He brought a furry friend with a very unique talent. We have Cobra the dog here, one of the first COVID sniffing dogs. I, I brought the dogs. I wanted to highlight it. If the dog sits next to you, uh, that means you have COVID. So if you see the dog sit next to anyone in the room, back away. It, the dog is also a PTSD dog. That's for me. And so uh, I want to introduce, introduce Cobra. Cobra will be working out of the EOC uh, over, over the next couple of weeks. Cobra is not the only canine at the State Emergency Operations Center in Tallahassee. Moskowitz says his people have spent so much time in the building over the past year, he now allows them to bring pets to try to make it feel more like home. The state is facing a $3 billion hole in the budget due to the economic impact of the pandemic, but you wouldn't know that from the governor's new budget. It adds up to more than $96 billion. For some reason, the governor likes to put a name on each of his spending plans. He's calling this one the Florida Leads Budget. The Florida Leeds fiscal year 2021-2022 budget exemplifies Florida's strength and our continued resolve in weathering this storm. Despite the unprecedented circumstances and historic re uh, reductions, Florida Leeds budget for fiscal year 2021-2022 uh, totals more than our current budget last year. Uh, it's uh, $4.3 billion more. Most of that is directly related to COVID response efforts, both in the Division of Emergency Management and a large increase in Medicaid enrollment, which is directly related to COVID. And so a uh, $2.6 billion increase related to COVID expenditures, a uh, lion's share of that is Medicaid. The overall increase in Medicaid is about $3 billion uh, year over year. And our Department of Emergency Management increase for pandemic responses, 400 million dollars. And although there are more than $1 billion in reductions, the Florida Leeds fiscal year 21-22 budget continues to make important investments in our education system and the environment and puts Florida on solid financial footing with $6.6 billion in total reserves to ensure that our state's economic viability endures. The governor's proposal is almost $4.5 billion more than the current state budget, and DeSantis is relying on federal money from last year's CARES Act to help pay for it. Most of that would help with COVID-related expenses, but the governor says there will also be more money for two of his previous priorities. Number one, education. Parents, students, and families, and teachers uh, have faced significant disruptions and challenges due to COVID-19 pandemic. Despite these circumstances, Florida remains committed to providing the best education possible for our students. K through 12 funding uh, comes in at 22.8 billion um, with 12.9 billion in state funding. That's $8,019 per pupil, which is $233 above current over current year. Base student allocation increased of $132 over current year. $550 million, which is an increase of 50 million, uh, will be used to continue 
raising the minimum K through 12 teacher salary uh, to the goal of getting the average minimum salary statewide to be 47,500. Uh, and we also include salary increases for other eligible teachers and instruction personnel. We've increased for a total of 110 million dollars uh, money for mental health programs in our schools. And although Florida opened schools and although we had activities over the summer, kids are much happier here than some of these other parts of the country, uh, there's gonna be mental health fallout even under the best of circumstances. And so we wanna be ready for that. Last year, Florida led on, on education uh, and we're gonna continue that momentum. We're gonna continue to lead going forward. The governor's second priority is the environment with a focus on water quality. We're going to continue to lead with respect to environment, water quality, and natural resources. It's an important uh, issue for our state, uh, up and down every single coast and interior part. We continue uh, to fund our water quality at $625 million, which was consistent with my executive order I issued during my first week in office. Uh, and of that $625 million, $473 million uh, will be for Everglades restoration. 50 million for springs restoration, 145 million for targeted water quality improvements, 40 million for alternative water supply, and 25 million to combat harmful algal blooms and red tide. Uh, this is a priority. It's something that we have to continue the momentum going forward, and it's something that our budget shows our commitment to doing so. We also are introducing the Resilient Florida program, and the purpose of this is to tackle the challenges posed by flooding, intensified storm events, sea level rise, and the program will provide $1 billion over four years to provide grants to state and local government entities to fund projects to adapt regionally significant assets to address the impacts of intensified storms, localized flooding, uh, and sea level rise. So we believe that this makes a lot of economic sense Notice how the governor said we need to spend that money to deal with global warming, but never actually used the words global warming. By the way, despite that $4 billion bump in spending, DeSantis says they can do his budget without raising taxes. There's no tax increases um, in our budget. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to do that. Uh, you know, we've cut the billion early. We withheld the spending. We've used care strategically. Uh, and I think that's the best approach for us. But one thing to keep in mind is that this is not the official budget. It's only the governor's recommendation. State lawmakers will draft the real thing during the upcoming legislative session. Next up on Sunrise, the Florida congressman whose district includes Parkland says a newly elected congresswoman from Georgia should be expelled because of what she said about the massacre at Stoneman Douglas High. Florida Congressman Ted Deutsch's district includes the city of Parkland, where 17 people were killed, 17 more injured in a mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. It's been almost three years since that tragedy, but the old wounds have been reopened thanks to a newly elected representative from Georgia. Marjorie Taylor Greene posted all sorts of crazy on social media before she was elected, expressing support for executing Democratic congressional leaders and the former president, Barack Obama. She also gave a thumbs up on social media posts that described the school shooting at Parkland as a false flag planned shooting. A resolution has been introduced to expel her from the U.S. House of Representatives, and Congressman Deutsch says he will support it. As outrageous as her conspiracy theories are, as as disgusting as her, um, really disgusting as, as her approach has been to the families in my district, uh, families of Stoneman Douglas, to the survivors of Stoneman Douglas, as awful as that is, she shouldn't have the platform of serving on a committee Republican leader Kevin McCarthy uh, should take her off of the House Education and Labor Committee 
And do I also agree that she doesn't belong in the United States House of Representatives? Absolutely, yes, that is correct. Think for a moment what it says if the leadership of the Republican Party chooses, as they have, to, to take uh, a QAnon-supporting, conspiracy theory-advancing person who personally attacked the survivors uh, of the Stoneman Douglas shooting uh, and, and rewarded that person by giving her a position on the important education committee whose first priority ought to be to help keep our kids safe in an environment where they can safely learn. But that's what happened. Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz says she'll introduce a resolution today to remove Green from her committee assignments if the Republican minority leader won't do it. And Congresswoman Lois Frankel says many House members are afraid to be in the same building with the pistol-packing conspiracy theorist. Your calendar of events begins at 9 this morning when the Revenue Estimating Conference will analyze issues related to a revenue cap. The trustees of Florida State College at Jacksonville meet at 9 at Amelia Island. The Visit Florida Executive Committee meets by Zoom at noon. And Saturday at 10, State Representative Yvonne Hinson of Gainesville will help host a farm share food distribution event in Ocala. Finally today, police in Orlando say a Florida man fired almost 100 rounds while targeting his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend during a drive-by shooting. Several homes and a car were damaged, and the victim was hit once in his left butt cheek. Vincent Lee Howard is charged with, get this now, attempted first-degree murder, shooting from a vehicle, driving a vehicle from which shots were fired, shooting at a building, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, possession of ammo by a convicted felon possession of a firearm by a violent career criminal, criminal mischief, and unlawful discharge of a weapon. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we continue to plumb the depths of Florida politics.